This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane. Last time we talked to you was an emergency podcast previewing the Ohio State versus Michigan State game, which they did win. They would go on to lose in the semifinals to Purdue. We're going to touch on that. And then we have a great interview with Jim Root of Three Man Weave from the Field of 68, talking Big Ten bets, talking March Madness, talking bracket. So you'll hear from him. We'll give you a little little bracket content because that's what you do in March. You do bracket content. Before we get to all that, though, Joey, you recently launched your TikTok page. Give me a brief sentence or two or five. I'm not following you right now, let's say. Tell me why I should. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm trying to get younger, Andrew. I'm, I'm joining the TikTok wave. I already had, I had a TikTok like during the pandemic and would like post dancing videos with my sister. But this is a, I've scrubbed that TikTok. It's the same. It's at Joe, at the Joey Lane on TikTok. And all March long, I'll be giving you random stuff from stories to betting tips to upset picks. Uh, who can be Cinderella? Who can't? Um, and so much more. I uh, just posted one as you're listening to this, uh, probably talking about the three teams or what it takes to upset a team in March, the three things that it takes to upset a team in March. So go check that out. Yesterday um, gave you the little, hey, I'm going to talk to you. I'm Joey Lane, played basketball, and I'm going to be your March guy. So the goal is to post a video a day, Andrew. Um, I'm going to hold myself to that in March. Um, Easier said than done, just because we both have very busy lives and you run out of things to talk about. But here we go. I'm going to just dive head first and give it a try and – See if it sticks after March. But yeah, I'm excited about the the TikTok lifestyle. Shout out Jimmy Sodas. I think you should try to do one every day for sure. But, you know, the players have days off. Take a day off or two. No one's going to no one's going to get mad. No one's going to care. No rest. No days off lifestyle. It's, that was a softball. It's not for everybody. That was a softball and you knocked it out of the park. Thank you. Thank you. So. I feel like there's not much to discuss regarding Ohio State that we didn't touch on in the emergency podcast because they weren't expected to win that Purdue game. They didn't have Bryce Sensabaugh. It was close until, you know, it really wasn't close anymore. And if you watch the game and you watch basketball, that makes sense. If you don't, then that probably sounds <laughs> really obvious that it was close until it wasn't close. Um, but... I was happy with the performance. Obviously, you know, you say this or that about Edie. He, you know, gets superstar calls. They don't make superstar calls uh, in the sense that he picks up his first foul with one minute, you know, left in the game. I'm going to say this about Edie, though. He's kind of warranted it if it was the NBA game seven of the NBA finals, not, you know, semifinals, Big Ten tournament. So... And also Ohio state is, is a, is a world brand, you know, bigger than Purdue, maybe not bigger than Purdue basketball right now. What I'm trying to say by that is it's not, you can't be like, Oh, the game was fixed. They wanted the one seed in, they wanted the 13 seed out. You know, it's, it's Ohio state. We're talking about here. If any team was going to have, you know, a little advantage, it's probably Ohio state. Not the case thoughts on that game. 
thoughts on the season as a whole? Yeah, you know, you just I think we just glossed over Michigan State because we recorded the podcast after they beat Iowa, right? We well, we did the space. That's why I glossed over it. We did, we did do the space. Um, for those who weren't in the space, the Michigan State game was probably the best game that that they played all tournament, and it was without Bryce. Um, overarching theme, aside from the Purdue game aside, because we could have a whole 60-minute episode about how I feel about that game. But um, Purdue aside, the overall Big Ten journey, the main takeaways are the future is incredibly bright. These guys play incredibly hard. And clearly, Chris Holman, Coach Holman, is the is the man for the job. Um, the fight that Ohio State showed, the coming out party that these guys had, playing your best basketball in the most important games of the year, there's something to be said about it. And and we can't excuse the losing streak. We can't excuse, exclude the bad basketball earlier in the year. It's not what we're doing. But we are focused on the positives and the now. And that's and that's that. There's some serious momentum going into going into the next year. Um, obviously Bruce Thornton is the man. He is the man. If you don't think so, you're crazy. Having the starting point guard job on lock is something that should not go unnoticed and should not be, um, and should not go unspoken about. That's a big deal. He'll be the point guard for next year, the next year and the next year after that. You also have your two guard in Roddy Gale who proved what we all thought going into the year that he was going to be an incredible defender and a reliable scorer. And he just turned out to be one of, if not the best scorers in the big 10 tournament for Ohio state. Um, and obviously the man in the middle, Felix Akpara, that dude's got a very bright future. Hopefully him and Zed can play together. If not, I find it hard to be playing Zed over that guy because of the impact that he has on the game. But at the end of the day, between the three guys I just mentioned, the class that they have coming in, and the impact transfer that they'll get. And I think there will only be one transfer that they'll get because Ohio State has shown that they are putting resources into winning and growing as Buckeyes versus picking parts from teams, uh, a.k.a. this year wasn't a huge success going out and getting transfers. Um, you've got a formidable team, a team that's going to be battling for a top-four seed uh, and a team that is in a win-or-go-home season for Coach Holtman and staff, obviously. So – I'm excited about that year. I, the Purdue game was annoying because the whole time we're playing great. We're up eight points in the first half. Me and my dad are looking at each other like we might lose by 12 and we're up eight right now. That's just the way it, it was going to go just because we were making everything. Purdue was seemingly getting the easiest shots ever and they were only down by a few and not down 20. It was going to be tough for us to hold that lead. Listen, Zach Eady is unbelievable. We talk about him with Jim Root. We'll talk about him because he's a one seed and going to win national player of the year. Um, and Purdue is, is great at times. Um, Zach Eady is the craziest case of officiating I've ever seen. He travels when he gets the ball. He camps out in the lane. He doesn't foul anybody. And if you touch him, it's a foul. And if you don't foul him, he's going to run back down at the court, grabbing his arm, and Painter's going to be going crazy about it. But – all that to say he deserves it. I agree with you. He deserves those calls. He's incredible. He's unbelievable. Not taking anything away from him as a fan of the team that he was playing against. I was extremely frustrated as I know you were too. He had one seven foot four when Penn state played him. The first six fouls of the game were fouls on Zach Eady. How many fouls do you think Zach Eady had in that game? By the end of the game, he had two. He had, by the end of the game, he had two. So, I rest my case. Uh, I, wait, I, I have something real quick to say. 
I yes. think I think there's a little bit of a misconception that if you're tall and big, you should have a lot of fouls. Obviously, one or two is is a little insane, but I don't think there's just like, oh, he's a tall big man. He should but have Andrew, is he the first fouls. big is he the first big man? that gets the benefit of the doubt on foul calls versus like if a, if a little guy is guarding a big man, they're allowed to do a little pushing, little grabbing, little, little whatever. Not if you're guarding Zach Eady, you're just not allowed to. And then on defense, if a little guard runs into a big guy and falls down, right? The refs are always like, that's a foul on the big guy. And that never happens to Zach Eady. Good. Well, he plays drop coverage and he's never close enough to the guards, but that's a different story. Purdue is, is great. They're the regular season and big and tournament champions for a reason. I'm just being a dickhead because my team lost. To them. That, that's no, I, 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 I agree. But I, I also like, if we watch the tournament and he doesn't have a lot of fouls, I don't think it's just, he's being officiated. Well, He, he does it every, it's every game. It would be right. I, it would be crazy. If he did it, if he, if he was sitting on the bench with foul trouble, there would be an alarm that would go off. It would be like an NCAA sound the alarm. Twitter would be going psycho. It's like, Zach Eady picked up three fouls in the first 25 minutes of the game. How funny would it be if, if the NCAA like says to the refs, like, Hey, get him, get him a few fouls in the, in the 16 seed game when they're up by, you know, 25, five minutes into the game, that would be, and then everyone would be like, Ooh, well, the game doesn't matter. Either way. I think we should save our Ohio state season overview for the non most exciting time of the year. Absolutely. Let's talk some March madness. Let's talk some brackets. Let's talk some brackets by way of, you know, what do we have at the end dictating what we have at the beginning? So what I mean by that is, and and you said this is going to appear in the TikTok. So if you don't want to give too much insight into it, then I understand. That's okay. Why don't, why don't you give one non-Kent State team that you think is going to make a a quote-unquote run, and then I'll say why I think Kent State is. I love Kent State. Um, it's in the TikTok that you'll see tomorrow. That you'll see at some point tomorrow. Um, but Jim Rude talked about it. Like we talked about it with him. I absolutely love Penn State. I absolutely love Penn State. They're Me a ten Texas A&M, yes, they went to their conference tournament championship. I think they're, the seven still seems a bit overrated. I think I'm in the, the minority there. Penn State, the art of the upset, which, again, uh, another thing that we've talked about on this show. It's something I mentioned on the, the silly TikTok that I'm going to keep promoting. You need a few things to win games in, in, in the NCAA tournament if you're the lower seed, right, or the higher seed, whatever. I just get so confused with that still. Um 10, they're the 10 seed. They are, they are the, the underdog. Um, they need a great backcourt. They've got it. Andrew Funk shoots the piss out of the ball. Seth Lundy's unbelievable. Carry off the bench. I'm I, and obviously Jalen Pickett and I'm forgetting guys as well. Like the guy who made all those clutch shots for them down the stretch. I'm totally blanking on his name for whatever. Cameron winter. Um, like they have guards. They've got dudes to it. The next thing is you got to shoot the three ball well. And not only do they shoot it a ton of them, but they shoot it incredibly well. And then the last thing is experience. And while they don't have a ton of NCAA tournament experience, their head coach sure does. He was on staff with Butler when they went to back-to-back championships. He is one of, if not the best X's and O's coaches in the country, with which Jim Root talks about. Um, I saw him up close and personal. They play in one of, if not the toughest conferences in the country. Uh, I'm a big fan of Penn State. So now you tell me about Kent State. 
I said this to my roommate this morning. Shout out, clarify. Shout out, Josh Josh Pollock. He's a huge Indiana fan. And I said, you know, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Did you sound the upset alert? I sounded the upset alert. I said, you might be in a little bit of trouble. They have a Sullinger. And I said, what do you mean they have? He goes, what do you mean they have a Sullinger? They got a big band that's unstoppable, like Sully. I go, no, they got a Sullinger. They got a real Sullinger who I'm pretty sure his number is zero. And I'm almost even more pretty sure that the back of his jersey says Sullinger. Verbal meme, we have a Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, we have a Sullinger. So there you go. That's why Kent State, I don't even care if they lose by 100 in the second round. They're beating Indiana because they have a Sullinger. They also have, uh, talking about guards, they've got the best guard. in the Jalen Huchifino's great. He's going to play in the NBA. Next year, he's going to be a great player. Sincere Carey is a better college basketball player than Jalen Huchifino, and Sincere Carey is good enough to single-handedly will Kent State to a victory. Um, so that's another point for you in Kent State. I love Kent State. I love them so much, there's no way they win. I have a non-team that I'm picking for an upset. Um, Princeton has Blake Peters from Evanston, who either has who either has 15 points or zero points because he just shoots a bunch. He has the dream. He has the dream college basketball role where literally his job is to go in and just shoot the ball every time he gets it, Justin Arns style. Um, Honestly, Justin Arn style, where he either has 15 or zero, and that's not a slight at Justin. It's just a the reality of a, a three point shooter. But Blake Peters could have a fun game against Princeton or against Arizona for Princeton. So I'll be watching for that. Another thing I go wanted to local. say: shout out, go local. Shout out, go local. Another thing I wanted to say is for Penn State, everything's pointing at Penn State. Similarly to how everything was pointing at Iowa, and it's March. And you got to do double reversal, psych yourself out, pick what you don't think is going to happen because someone knows that you're picking what you do think is going to happen. So that's why I got Penn State advancing because they don't want you to pick Penn State. Can I psych you out of psyching you even though I'm on your side? Penn State didn't win the championship, so they're so hungry. They're so hungry. I have a question for you. Please. And and this is going to help us cover some of the first-round games, and then, you know, we'll talk Elite Eight. And on, where do you stand on conference champs? Where what, do you think that is high major conference champs? Power high five? major high major conference champs. Where do you think that not not power five high high major whatever wherever you want to cut it off. If you want to cut it off at Gonzaga, because they're definitely not a high major. But where where do you stand on conference champs? How important do you think that is? I don't think it's important. Uh, I think it's only important if your coach says it's important, right? Like I love the piece of having the momentum is awesome and proving that you can win in a tournament setting is awesome. But if you're sitting here and telling me it's better for Texas that they won the championship than Kansas lost it. I don't think that that's a big, I don't think it's a big deal. I wouldn't feel any different more. I wouldn't feel any stronger about Kansas if they would have won that tournament versus losing to Texas. To, to Texas in the final. But do you I, feel stronger about Texas because they won? Not really, honestly. Um, it was a great win. Like, I'm almost worried. Like, I just think about when Iowa State won my senior year and we were playing them, we were like, perfect. We want them with the biggest 
egos they have inflated like we're no one can mess with us where they're overlooking how they how they can get to the sweets how they can get to the final four whatever right so um yeah i i feel indifferent about it i think it, it, purdue if they would have lost to penn state that would have showed like you know they're they're vulnerable right and penn state you would have been like they've got all the momentum in the world right like duke winning is great for duke it's like you know, hey, we were we were underseeded in the in we didn't win the cha- the regular season championship. We are a young team. We've got a lot to prove. Like that's great, but Virginia, they don't care. It's different because they lost players too. But um, yeah, I don't take too much stock into it unless I want to. You know, that's that's yeah. I think what what the bottom yeah. line is. I'm gonna run through a couple first round games. So I'm going to avoid just kind of the, the chalky ones. I want, I'm going to tell you my result and I want you to tell me what you think of it. Okay. All right. Eight, nine, Maryland, West Virginia, West Virginia. Yeah. I, I have no belief in, in Maryland not playing at home. I will say that depends on what West Virginia team shows up. If it's first half of the season, West Virginia, Maryland wins by 30. If it's second half of the year, West Virginia might win by 20. So it's, it's interesting. It's an int- it is the second half of the year, though. Right, but who shows up? <laughs> okay, next one. Missouri, Utah State. Utah State is favored. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I actually am bringing this one up for a different reason than you think. Okay? okay. Utah State is a 10 seed. Mizzou is a 7 seed. Utah State is favored. When are we going to get past this high major has to be the higher seed? Why isn't Utah State just a, just a higher seed then? Because they're net ranking, you get you getting <laughs> caught in the net net. Um, oh man, yeah, I it's I hear you, I totally hear you. It's it, that that that's going to be an interesting debacle all the time. Seven ten is always when that happens too. Um, but that game is is interesting, and Jim Root talks a lot about it, so I won't. But you know who I'm rooting for? It's always the Missouri Tigers, always. All right, Memphis FAU, we will be in attendance. Um, conference champ Memphis. The the winner of that game is going to be Purdue. I, I, I just, I don't, it's just recency bias for Purdue. I just, I just don't, they are the most vulnerable number one seat. So I got to pick one team. Memphis has the athletes. FAU just freaking wins. That's just what they do. They just win. So I think the winner beats Purdue. I don't know who's going to win the game, but the winner beats Purdue. That's like my team Heinz sideline cancer prediction that we always always refer to. Love going back to that one. Um, Duke Oral Roberts. That's another one. Why is like Oral Roberts should just be a higher seat? Yeah, I mean, you remember if you are the best high major team is always the 12 seed. That's why every five twelve matchup, I feel like wouldn't be surprised if the twelves beat the five this year. It's it's pretty remarkable. If Oral Roberts is playing anybody but Duke, Duke's playing the best basketball of any team in the country maybe right now, like them and Gonzaga. So if Oral Roberts is playing anybody but Duke, I'd probably pick Oral Roberts to win. Max Amos is unbelievable. They return four of the top six players from that team that that beat – I forget who they played, but it was a red team a few years ago that they upset them and then went to the Sweet 16. Um, That's going to be an interesting game. I think the winner of that game goes to the the Sweet 16 as well. Okay. Okay. Michigan State USC, the early game in Columbus. 
I love Michigan State. They have great guards. They have great coaching. They were playing really, really well until they ran into the buzzsaw that is the Ohio State Buckeyes. Love, love, love Michigan State. I usually have like anti-Big Ten bias when it comes to the tournament because I think there's a small part of my brain that just only wants Ohio State to do well in the postseason. I don't want any other teams to feel the success. So uh, that's what it kind of boils down to for me, but not with Michigan State. I, I think they have a, a, they make a good run. Okay, next question. Yeah. Maybe the hardest one to answer. Okay. Arkansas versus Illinois, the underachiever bowl. Here's here's what I have cut and dry. This is Joey Lane's lock of, of a, a millennium. Arkansas, every year, they lose, they're losing at halftime and win the game. It's, it's like clockwork. It is like clockwork. So I'm going to take the double result. Illinois halftime, Arkansas full game. Arkansas is going to win that game. They are um, they're better coached. They have more experience playing in the tournament. Musselman just wins these types of games. He will be up for it. They, uh, Arkansas has the second best NBA prospect in the entire country on their team. They're not totally healthy, but they're playing a little bit better basketball maybe towards the end of the year, underachieving, like you said. Illinois, on the other hand, is going the wrong direction. And you watch Loyola Chicago coach circles around them last year, um, or maybe that was two years ago, whatever, whenever, I think it was last year. Um, I expect Musselman to, to outcoach, even though we love the Big Ten, we love Brad Underwood, we expect him to be outcoached by Eric Musselman in that game. But that's a, that's circle that one. That is going to be so fun. Tons of NBA talent in that game. All right. To avoid this being a three-hour episode, I want yes. to jump to our Elite Eight. I do think we both should put our brackets, you know, let's say Thursday morning at, at 10 o'clock. We'll, you know, we'll tweet them out from Drive the Lane. I think we should definitely do that. Um, Elite Eight, again, this is subject to change. So if you're listening right now and you see it's different when we post it on Thursday, one, if you care about that, you're weird. But two, it's because it's subject to change. I'll go first, Joey. Please. I got Alabama, Arizona. Nice. Good. Nice. Duke, I agree. Can't... I have Alabama, Arizona as well. Actually, Duke. I'll be different just for the sake of this. No, no, no. Don't be different. We can have the same thing. No, 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 no. I I want to – I don't – Here's the here's the pull behind the curtains. I have not filled out my bracket yet, everybody. I know who I know the teams I like. I'm waiting. I wait. I like to wait. I am we're recording this on Monday night because we both Let's have prior things. Well, so and I'm we want to and we want to get this out quicker because we exactly. want people to have a few days. Go go why ahead. Don't we, why, don't, why don't we change why don't we change this a little bit then? As you just admitted that your bracket's not finalized. Why don't I give you my elite eight and you tell me why I'm an idiot? Or Let's just go region by region. Start in the South. Andrew has Alabama and Arizona. I also have Alabama. I think they're the most talented team in the country. But I have Creighton instead. I think Creighton is is built to win in March. They, and they're going to prove their preseason top 10 ranking. Do you have Arizona playing Creighton in the Sweet 16, though? Sure, of course. Okay. And then I got... How can I pick Arizona? They won a conference championship tournament. <laughs> <laughs> and then sticking with... Uh, this model that we're doing out of the East. I got Duke and Kansas state. I like both of those a lot. I'm a little worried because Kansas state is a first year head coach and first year head coaches and Duke. They both proven that 
those teams can't win the championship. Not obviously you got them in, in the elite eight. Um, I actually have them both losing in the elite eight though. Oh, there you go. So to each other. Um, I've got Marquette and I've got Duke. Um, Duke is playing, like I said before, the best basketball, maybe outside of um, Gonzaga in the country offensively, for sure. They've also got dudes. They just have uh, tons of depth. And Marquette is just, I love their story. I love, <gasps> excuse me, I keep hiccuping. I, um, and uh, I love I love Shaka Smart. I love Marquette. The Big East is as tough of a conference as you'll find because every team has to play each other twice, home and home. Um, they just we talk we talk about the storylines of Marquette with Jim Root as well. Duke and Marquette are my two teams. All right, and then in the Midwest, I got Houston, and the second one is subject to change. Today, as it stands, I have Penn State, but I'm going to talk myself out of that because I love you know the people at Xavier. We love. We love Xavier. Great hosts to us. Um, I'm going to talk myself into Xavier. I know I'm going to do it. And I also feel like I might talk myself into Kent State beating Houston. But for now, I have Houston Penn State. I This one's so hard. Definitely Houston. And I, I guess I have to go Texas. There is... They're as old as you'll find a team in the country. They haven't had a ton of success lately. One of the March storylines that's so fun is like, has a team faced adversity? Texas has faced some major adversity. So I'll go chalk in that one and go Houston versus Texas in the battle of the Lone Star State. All right. And then I got Kansas Gonzaga in the West to finish it out. I've got UCLA in um, who is my national champion. I'll just give you a little, little preview there. I have a future on them. Uh, whether I like it or not, I'm going to pick them to win it all. Uh, I have UCLA, and it's just impossible to not pick Kansas. Um, but I'm going to pick UConn instead. So it's UConn versus UCLA. So I was literally about to say, I, I'm very confident in that being the Sweet 16 matchup, Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA. And I literally think out of those four teams, the, the champ is going to come. I, I pick agree. Gonzaga, I agree. but I think the champ is going to come out of those four teams. However, however, don't sleep on VCU. Can't sleep on VCU because they are a 12 seed and all the yep. 12 seeds are going to be great. Um, all right, Andrew, who's your final four? Who's your champ? And then I'll go after. All right. I got Alabama, Kansas state with Alabama winning. Okay. And then I got Houston Gonzaga with Gonzaga winning and Gonzaga, as you'll hear why I give my reason why they're with Jim the Root, they're cutting down the nets over Alabama. I, I Gonzaga's not no, whoa, whoa, chill with it. Whoa. whoa. Hey, hey now um, I've got, um, <clears throat> I've got Alabama beating Creighton. I've got Marquette beating um, Duke. I have Alabama over Marquette. Smells like D Wade. So smell like D Wade. I've got, so it's, so that's Alabama Marquette final four on that side with Alabama and the national championship on the other side. I've got Houston beating Texas. I have UCLA beating UConn. I have UCLA beating Houston. 
in what will be a slugfest if those two teams play. In the final, it's UCLA versus Alabama. Whatever your thoughts are about Alabama, however you feel, I think a lot of the country will be rooting for UCLA to win that game. I, again, like the storylines. Therefore, I'm picking the UCLA Bruins to cut the nets down. And what will be the first win for a team east of or west of the Mississippi since I don't even know the state. It's like 20 years or something crazy. Um, UCLA wins. I win my future. I take everyone out to a nice dinner. I like it. And everyone means just Andrew. You know what's frustrating about this year is normally I'm all about picking the upsets. Oh, the upsets. Have, but the potential matchups this year are so, so great. I feel like better than in years past. I feel like in years past, you've been you salvate over the potential of a Duke losing or, you know, they might lose. Right, but you salvate over a Coach K Duke team losing. You you would love if Bill Self's Kansas team loses, but for some reason this year I'm so pro the matchups that you know could potentially happen happening, and I don't know why I feel that way. Do you feel that way? I think that, and Jim talks about it, so I won't touch on it too much. I think it'll get freaky in the beginning, and it'll all get normal. I think the blue bloods are really, really good this year. I think the best teams are the best teams. And there's a pretty significant gap in terms of, you know, who can win and who can't. There's only like maybe 15 teams. Sometimes there's only like five teams, but in the world of parody, but yeah, I, I think chalk will prevail. I agree with you. And I want chalk to prevail. I don't, I, I always feel like when Cinderella wins, like I get jealous. I don't know. Like I don't, so I don't know. Maybe that's just because I played, but I'm all for chalk. I always have been. I've always been such a chalky picker too. Always. I definitely don't think it's going to be chalk. I'm not saying I think it's right. going to be chalk. You think I chalk want will it. prevail? No, I'm not even saying that. I'm. I have no. I. I want certain matchups to happen that are that are chalky. So it's more like I would like to see these matchups than it is. I think they're going to happen, and that's why I made a lot of selections in my bracket, which normally I don't do that. Normally I pick the teams that I want to lose. Yeah. Does that make sense? Normally when I pick my black my bracket, I'm picking teams that I want to lose. This year I was picking teams I want to win. So. Maybe it'll work out, but let's get to Jim Root, who starts off the show with what we exactly just said. So get get ready for a little deja vu with Jim Root. Joining us now on Drive the Lane, second anniversary of doing an episode like this, Jim Root, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back, fellas. Uh, I, I apparently didn't stink up the joint too much last year. You felt like, all right, let's bring him back either to to dunk on him, to laugh at him, or, uh, you know, maybe there was a shred of insight shared. That that would be nice. Qu- quite the undersell job for you. This is the, the bracket preview show, the NCAA <laughs> tournament preview show for Drive the Lane, and we have Jim Root on here. You think that's an accident? That That's totally, totally on purpose, and... And everybody at home who who follows Jim knows what what he does so well, and we're going to talk to him about it with a, with a Big Ten focus today. Um, but we do want to give you give you the the stage real quick to to give us your thoughts, your NCAA tournament thoughts, whatever themes come to your head, whatever you think when you hear the 2023 NCAA tournament. What 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 are Jim Root's thoughts? I'd I'd like for no one to be injured. 
that's really frustrating me right now, it, whether it's Jalen Clark like out for the entire tournament or Marcus Sasser's groin, or apparently Brandon Miller was playing with a groin strain in the, in the SEC tournament that just came out today. Let's have everyone be healthy. That's what I'd like. First of all, it's my first wish. Uh, second, I don't always read into conference narratives, but I'm going to be dialed in this year for some reason, because the SEC was a terrible three-point shooting conference this year, 32nd in the entire country. I sort of think some of those defenses that look awesome are going to get exposed a little, and we'll, we'll discuss that as we go through the bracket here uh, when they're playing teams that actually know how to shoot. So I think that's one thing I'm watching. And then I'm going to maybe go to bat for the Mountain West, except for when they play my Tigers, because I've got to be biased. Uh, but I, the Mountain West has been a nightmare in the NCAA tournament recently, um, and really for extended period of time. Just hasn't won games in a long time, but I like this version of it. There's better offensive teams coming out of there. So maybe San Diego State, Boise State, hopefully not Utah State, uh, and Nevada will, will actually bring some respect to their leagues this season. You got you got right to it, but a key difference from this year's show and last year's show, Ohio State out, Mizzou in. We'll hit on that for sure, but we definitely want to talk some Big Ten. But before we get to that, I got to ask you this. I took a look at the bracket right away, and I said, I don't see too many upsets jumping out at me. And normally I'm the guy that's like upset, 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 upset. Where, where do you fall in the line of, you know, this could be a big upset year to it could be a low upset year? I think it's probably going to be more big upsets early uh, and more chalkier late. Because I, I think the 12, 13, and even 14 seed lines are super strong because of the teams that won their conference tournaments. Basically, like every team on my wish list of like, please, please get in, whether it was like Drake or Charleston or um, some the Oral Roberts, like the teams that dominated their leagues by and large made it to the tournament. And that's going to make things tricky for the fives, tricky for the fours. But I still think uh, it, despite all the parity we discussed in, in at, at length this year at the top of the polls and everything, I have two one seeds in the title game. I think those are going to end up, you know, so the ones and the twos are still going to make solid runs. It's not going to be like uh, a final four of a six, 10, seven and eight. So I, I still think there's going to be some chalk when you get towards like the elite eight final four. So let's talk about the big 10 real quick, because we do want to get to the the, the fun stuff. Cause we know the big 10 isn't winning the whole thing. So um, <laughs> oh, well, Purdue, you are having fun on this show already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've we've said this all year. We said it last year. It just doesn't it doesn't matter. But we could talk about each team. But the Big Ten puts so many teams in there that it becomes a little irrelevant to go through every team because that's just the nature of the tournament. What I'd love to hear from you is a team that is exciting to you, a team that you could care less about, and a team that has maybe the best path and the best opportunity to make a real run. I am excited about Penn state because of their draw and just how they're playing of late. Uh, they're getting Texas A&M who I think is culprit number one for benefiting from the sec being totally unable to shoot. Like they play a really compact defense. They give up a ton of threes and no one made them against them all year. They played a fairly soft sec schedule in terms of like, I think they only faced Tennessee once Bama once 
that definitely helps. Uh, and now they face like arguably the best three-point shooting team in the country, Penn State, both in terms of volume and efficiency from deep. They are insane and they get great shots because Shrewsbury runs really good stuff. And Jalen Pickett is nearly unguardable 1v1, especially when he's playing his booty ball and backing down in the post and, and giving it to guys like that. So Dexter Dennis may be a good matchup for him, but I, I, Penn State, I'm, I'm very excited about their matchup in the first round. That was one of my first bets when the, uh, when the bracket came out. A team I don't really care about. Well, I care about them in, in the sense that I hope they lose and and make me money. Is that would be Maryland? Um, that just haven't been impressed by them when they're not in College Park. And down the stretch, I, I guess they were solid, but a lot of it was you know blowing out some bad teams. Against West Virginia, they're two-point underdog. I, I don't love that draw for them. Um, it's down kind of closer to, I guess it's not really a geographic edge for West Virginia, but I'm not stressed about Maryland. I think even if they do get by one game, they will get boat raced by Alabama. So they're, they're not somebody I'm too worried about. As far as like making an extended run, I don't have him picked that way, but Michigan State at least has the path. Um, I'm a fan of Marquette, but not everybody is their defense. Mar- Marquette's defense tightened up later in the year, but that could still be a fatal flaw. Uh, Michigan state's got great guard play between Izzo or, uh, between Walker and Hogard. Hauser's kind of a matchup problem for people. And, and hopefully Malik Hall, uh, is back on his form. I do. I have a standout memory from the big 10 tournament of him airballing a wide open three. I'm like something wrong with Malik Hall. That, that was an issue, but I do like the path for Michigan state. Uh, cause I think Marquette and then Kansas state also uh, a vulnerable three seed. So there's a chance Sparty could go deep. So when you look at the favorites, you know, of the teams that are favorites, which is Northwestern. Now I got to go to Friday to get the second Big Ten favorite. Northwestern, (laughs) Indiana, you know, you mentioned Michigan State. Of course, Purdue will be favored as well. Let's stick with Indiana and Northwestern here. You know, the, the, you know, second, third, fourth best teams in the Big Ten. Which team do you have more confidence in in just the first round? Ooh, can I say neither? Is that allowed? Uh, I'm allowed. nervous about the matchup for both. Yeah. Northwestern probably honorable mention uh, for my just don't care about them. I, I think that Boise State game versus them is the most boring game of the opening round. It's going to be a low total. Both teams are top 15 in adjusted defensive efficiency. It's going to be a war. I'm not terribly jazzed for that one. Um, in Indiana, I, I like them in a vacuum. I just think they got a tough, tough draw. Kent State's really good. Arguably have the best guard on the court in Sincere Carey. They have the MAC Defensive Player of the Year in Malik Jacobs, who's a rangy 6'3 guy. You can throw at Hood Shafino and try to cut the head off the snake from the perimeter sense. TJT will get his. Uh, this is not a big team in the paint. They have some bodies, but they're not that tall. So they're they're probably going to, you know, he, he'll probably have 30, just like Drew Timmy did when Kent State went to Gonzaga. But if they can negate pretty much everybody else and just let him go nuts, then I think Kent State's got a chance to win that game too. I'm, I'm nervous for IU. I would have preferred them see, like, I think they would have smashed Furman. That would have been a really bad matchup for Furman. But unfortunately, they got Kent State. And Kent State's a really good 13. So, Talk to us about Purdue. I, um, I don't. I will. I will use my words wisely here. I've never been the biggest Purdue fan. I, I'm a little. I'm still a little frustrated from Ohio State's loss to Purdue. I think Zach Eady is unbelievable, but it's in a it's in a different way than Jalen Pickett is unbelievable. Um, 
I think that they do really, really well in the Big Ten. Even though there's big bodies, a different team could be interesting. What do you think about Purdue? I'm not super sold. Um, Edie is the, the national player of the year for sure, but I, I think it's easier to game plan out big men than it is guards. Like Jalen Pickett will always have the ball. Edie, you have to get him the ball. And that's a little bit more of a problem, especially because I, I would maybe make the case that Memphis and FAU are the two best eight, nine teams in the entire bracket. Like I would rank them one, two out of all eight teams that are in an eight, nine game. And both of them will press. And I, I Purdue, I think really struggles to handle that a, when it's high intensity pressure late in the game, they've turned the ball over at times, but also just to shorten the shot clock, which makes it harder to get the ball to Edie. Purdue runs incredible half court stuff. They, they get him open in really creative ways. But if you don't have time on the shot clock, if they're able to eat into 10 to 12 seconds of that by making Purdue just kind of pass it a few times to get it over half court and get set up, that takes them out of their rhythm as well. So I, I think Purdue just completely demolishes whoever they play in the first round. Uh, bad, bad matchups there. Uh, two, two very poor 16 seeds. But Memphis, FAU, that's that's a nightmare. I I, I don't wish that on Purdue. It's, that's a bummer because both those teams could really give them problems. <laughs> So Joey and I each picked a non-Purdue team to win the Big Ten tournament. And I feel like we both after we're like, oh, we probably should just pick Purdue. Like they're the best team all year, the <laughs> best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> but I feel like that could end up happening again in, you know, March Madness where we're like, okay, actually they were a top five team all, all year. They have the player of the year. My question though, you know, speaking of Zach Eady, if you could have any singular player from this tournament on your team, who are you picking? Besides oh, that's Golston, a great question. Besides Golston. Oh, yeah. Golston with a hand in his face is, is arguably the best player. But if he's open, that's that's a nightmare. That's a DeAndre Golston reference for non-Mizzou fans. <laughs> um, boy, that's that's really because there's no like super star point guard that is like headed to the top of the draft. I mean, Pickett is right up there. I would consider him. It might be Brandon Miller because he is such a tough matchup. He can score inside and out. He started to get buckets more like on the offensive class. Like he's creating offense that way rather than just kind of getting fed, knocking down threes or, or going one V one. That's tough. He's, I mean, who, who has like a six, nine guy that can get out on the perimeter and defend him. That's pretty rare in college hoops. All those guys are on NBA benches because they don't stick around for very long. Um, <laughs> I might've said Sasser, but he's banged up and uh, it, it's, it's hard to go with that. So I, I guess I'll go Brandon Miller. That That's my answer. Uh, I think me and Andrew are going to take some turns here asking you some, some real softball. Like if you're Jay Billis on ESPN, like what they ask you when they're previewing the tournament. Um, and my first one is give me a C, give me a team seated five or higher or lower. However you, say that i've always confused every single year about that five and up who can who, who can make it to the final four it's it's the the two teams that have kind of been tied together by a narrative since last year because last year there were nine seeds that almost beat a one seed in the second round and they got some hype in the preseason it's tcu and creighton i, I think those are the two i'm picking tcu the final four because i'm a lunatic that I love that TCU. region oh i love tcu mike Miles, who you pick for the other for the other answer that that would have been probably a pretty good choice there. That region is just so stacked. That's the part that scares me. Like Gonzaga is playing incredible. Even without Clark, UCLA is top notch. And then you have like 
Kansas, UConn is a top five Ken Palm team. Arkansas is elite. St. Mary's has been solid all year. Uh, Arkansas is elite four and eight seed. Let me, let me make sure to caveat that. Um, but so I'm going to ride with TCU. I picked him preseason to the final four. I'm going to just continue sticking with that. No Lampkin is kind of a problem. Uh, that's a big part of their offensive rebounding identity, but they're so athletic. Their defense is really stout. They've got like an army of six, seven wings. Like they might be the team best equipped to guard Brandon Miller. Now that I just talked about it, uh, cause they got a bunch of different options, but they wouldn't see him till, till the title game. So that's unlikely, but I've just been a fan of TCU all year. The roster, the coach, uh, having a good guard who can go get you a bucket late is pretty important. So I'll pick the Horn Frogs with with Creighton being a close second. I have a a betting theory for you. Mm, I want to hear. Intrigued. I want I want to hear your thoughts. And you might be able to tell me right away that this is incorrect. But I, I look at everything. I look at everything post twenty twenty. Cause you can't look at the stats before 2020. Cause now you got the five-year guys, you got the older guys. So post 2020, the team, the team who played second in the final four, the last two years lost in the championship both times. I think they stay out too late. The other team can watch the game, then go to sleep. Do you think there's something there? Well, maybe we, we saw UNC seemingly run out of legs last year after they got up huge on Kansas. I've, I probably wouldn't put a lot of money wagering on that as a hard and fast angle, but it's worth monitoring going forward because we've only got two years of evidence and we'll see. I mean, the, yeah, with Gonzaga had to go through a, a war two years ago to beat UCLA, whereas Baylor had a very comfortable win in the semifinals. Maybe that helped him as well. I kind of buy it at least as an incremental edge. I wouldn't, I, like I said, I wouldn't auto bet it, but it, it might help in a matchup like that. You're going to be thinking about it this year. You're going to be about to pick your champion. And you're going to flip it last night. You're going to be like, Oh shit. Drive the lane. Told me that the team that plays the first not drive the lane, be- just you, Andrew. Oh, okay. Okay. You're not, you're not vouching for that, Joey. <laughs> no, you can, Andrew, you can have all the credit. You can, I'm giving him all the credit. That's all I'm doing. Um, <laughs> We, we talked about what players want. Uh, that's all fun. I think what's more fun and more nerdy is what coach would you want to have if you're trying to make a run in the tournament this year? I guess I'll just do the cop-out answer and give the coach that I'm picking to win it, and that's that's Kelvin Sampson. Um, I love the way they defend. He's had pretty consistent success in this event over the past few years. Uh, I don't – have they gotten upset early? Like, they make Sweet 16 seemingly every year. Knock on wood. They beat me to go to Sweet 16, so – Oh, well, sorry. I, I didn't mean to bring that up in your face like that, but, uh, you know, <laughs> final four elite eight last two years. I think you could make a great case that bill self would be a great answer here. Um, given won the title last year and has adjusted the, uh, roster despite losing four reserve, but we don't know exactly what his health status is. That's a concern. So I'm just going to go with big Mr. Sampson and, and him take me to, to, uh, hopefully dinero by winning a pool (laughs) my my final question for you that's also similar to the one i just asked so (laughs) gonzaga every year number one overall seed they can't do it this year three seed little less respect is this the year they win it i i i kind of buy this i know kai and and matt are big on it they're they're picking them to the final four i've got them going out in an epic 
should be up and down shootout game in the second round to TCU, but it does kind of make sense. Like you don't always win with your best team. I don't think last year was anywhere near Kansas best team. I think they've had a few others that were much better that count one seeds and did not get it done. They're off the radar this year. Like I said, I think they're in a really, really tough region, but you do have the, the shorthandedness of UCLA perhaps helping their draw. I could, I could see it. The offense the last month and a half has been just a complete supernova defense still has some holes and that's why I'm skeptical, but they could just outscore everybody on their way to a title as possible. They're my champ, by the way. There he is. The zigzags. I love it. Nice, nice segue, Andrew, Jim, give us, before you leave us, give us your final four, give us your national champion. You already kind yeah, of so I guess I've given away half of it a little bit there. Houston yeah. and TCU on the right side of the bracket. They're going to have a little Texas two-step in the in the Lone Star State with the final four being in Houston. The other side, I I'm gonna go with Alabama. I just couldn't get there with anybody else in that region to to actually get all the way to the final four. And then yeah, bottom left is really conf- confounding for me. I ended up going with Marquette. They just won three games at Madison Square Garden. If they get to the Sweet 16, they'll be back at Madison Square Garden. Perhaps that's something that helps them a little bit there. I know Duke fans are excited about potentially playing there and and calling it Cameron North, but I'm out on that. I'm out on that narrative. I don't think they get there. Uh, So I'll go with Marquette and then my title game pick, Houston over Alabama. Chalk, boring, but that's okay. Uh, I've been riding for the Cougar. I picked him in the preseason, so you, you can't call me chalky if I've been going, going, going singing that narrative for for months. <laughs> little, little confusing because you said you don't trust Sasser's health, but we'll allow it. We'll allow the <laughs> we'll allow the questionable health. He doesn't know then- his health to defend. <laughs> I- I it's picking like one guy. I'd like to have somebody that doesn't have health questions. Well, I guess Miller has a groin issue too, but I think he could have played in the big, in the, the American championship. They were just being pretty preventative. I'd be okay. If you sat him against Northern Kentucky in the first round, just get him healthy. You're going to need him as that, that uh, tournament develops because they need his offensive firepower. They're just, they're too defensive oriented without him, but I think he's going to be okay. I'm crossing my fingers, hoping he's going to be okay. All right, I got the timer here. I'm going to do 30 seconds. Will you go first, Joey? I was just going to say, I've had a future in the beginning of the year for UCLA. Can you just tell me that everything's going to be okay? It'll be mostly fine. I don't think it'll catch up to them until at least the Sweet 16. I'm not worried about their second-round matchup, at least, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe if – I never cash out. Me and Andrew have joked about that before. Like, I just feel like that's a little silly sometimes. This might be the first time I do it just because I just, <laughs> I just, oh, my, my heart. I want, whatever. doesn't matter. UCLA, I, why not? Who, why not? Why not that? Anyway. Hey, get a little revenge on, on Gonzaga on the way. Knock out Andrew's <laughs> title pick. Why not? <laughs> the storylines, the storylines are there. <laughs> so I was going to say 30 seconds of Tiger talk. Go. Uh, I'm worried about how many threes they're going to give up against Utah state. That is a problem. Utah state is an elite three point shooting team as who gambles a lot on defense, but I think they'll force a few turnovers. And I think Kobe Brown has an absolutely monster game. They don't really have anybody that can handle him out to the perimeter, his strength getting uh, downhill. I think there's a ton of points in that game. I'm picking Mizzou with my heart. My brain might not agree, but that's okay. Go tigers. 27 seconds. Beautiful. Now 30 seconds on Ohio state. (laughs) 
don't fire Chris Holtman. The team next year is going to be really good. I know it's young, but they showed a lot of promise. Come on. It's a very big, be careful what you wish for scenario there for me. Uh, in all seriousness, and this is, we are an Ohio state show at the end of the day. If Ohio state was in the tournament as a 11 seed, who wouldn't be picking them to win no matter who they're playing. Right. Yeah. If they won the big 10 tournament had five in a row in five days, people would be like, look how hot this team yes. is. The young guys are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Love to hear that. God, so they're great. the, they're the hypothetical 2020 and 2023 champs. I'm hanging two banners. How about, Rutgers? how about Rutgers too? What a joke, right? Or what, no? being left out. I'm okay with them being left out. They, You're okay with it, but I like Rutgers. I'm, yeah, I'm sure Rutgers fans aren't okay with it, but eh, they were under 500 against the top three quadrants. They had some bad losses. They were three and seven with, with Meg on the sideline. I don't know. It's a tough break for them, but I'm okay with it. Jim, why have the net if teams 26 spots ahead of other teams are getting, are getting left out of the tournament? It's a sorting tool. The net is not how good okay. it is. It is to measure wins. I'm not, yeah, that's that's my own personal data thing. I'm gonna my my uh, soapbox. I'm gonna get on, but I don't think your own net matters that much. Jim, you can use this in your show. Don't get caught in the net net. The net net. Oh, I like that. Okay, don't yeah, get perfect. caught in the net net. <laughs> it took also, me a second because my brain stinks right now, but I like it. Also, you're probably the only person that actually knows this, but who do you know who the first team to ever be ranked number one in the net was? Uh, I'm guessing it's Ohio State. That's why you're asking me. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. Come on. Yeah. There we go. You can say that you know someone on the first ever number one ranked team in the net. Not a lot of people Is, can say that. They got the banner up for that one? Uh, no. No? We okay. You think at Ohio State we hang banners for that? Oh, you should. Number one. Banners for NCAA appearances. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Jim, before we get you out of here, we end every episode the same way. We did it with you a year ago. You'll be great at it because you have your own show, Three Man Weave on Field of 68. Check it out. Any questions for us? Um, I just, I, I know we just kind of had the discussion, but you're not on pitchforks with Holtman, right? You're not firing him, please. Oh, my God. Are you? Good. No, Good. no, no. We're the we're the most positive pro Holman show on the planet, and un unsarcastically too. Like, I think the 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 three wins in three days, taking Purdue as far as they could without you know running out of gas to an extent. I think that shows a lot about what a, not only the coaches the, the coaches will never give up, but the coaches can convince the guys where their season is over to make a run like that. I think that means a lot. I also think that he is the most underrated recruiter maybe in the country and has a phenomenal class coming in along with three returning starters that, oh, are all freshman studs. So I, how, the grass isn't always greener. You said it. The grass isn't always yep. greener. Yep. Well, how many, how many seconds does Andrew get to talk about Mizzou? I want to, I want to hear some oh. positivity sent back. Uh, how much time do you, Jim, we, he's going to get 10 minutes right now. Hang, hang out, hang out for a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'm just upset that it's an early game because I like when after a day of fatigue and you're watching the games all day, you get Mizzou as kind of like a palate cleanser where that's the game you're locked into. You're not flipping. You're not checking what's going on in other games. So true. I like the night game Mizzou. The early game kind of messes with me a little bit. However, who cares about your bracket? Who cares about the rest of the first round? If you start off the day with a Mizzou win, 
So okay. my thoughts on Mizzou are make us happy in the morning. <laughs> That's please, my thoughts. Please make our day. I, I have to host a radio show that night. And I would I would have missed if it was like the nightcap game. So I'm thankful it is an early game. I, I'm I appreciate the schedulers doing that purely for me and my convenience. If Mizzou wins, can I call into the show? Uh, I think we actually do do call-ins on on the serious show. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Good because this is serious. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> when you call in, and then Jim will let you go. When you call in, will you say this to start? Hey, Jim, long-time listener, first-time caller. Will you just start it out by saying that, please? Absolutely. I can, I I can make it. that so It's only like our fourth show doing this, but long-time listener will, long, will make sense. As long as it can be. It's true. Wait, Jim, I thought, I thought of one last question. I thought of one last question. You can, you can kill me for asking this. <laughs> what does Rodney Terry have to do to keep the Texas job? Is he, is he getting it? I think probably make the final four. I don't know. I, I just can't get the UTEP tenure out of my head where he went like 37 and 48 in the conference USA. And he took over a team that was top 10 in experience in the entire country. He steadied the ship. Great. But like, I want a little more upside. I'm sure Texas fans want a little bit of a splashier hire. I think he's got to go on a, a real run to keep it. Um, all right, Jim. Sorry. I have to ask another question too. <laughs> yes, let's do it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you give us a couple T- names that are going to change teams or who's going to be the head coach at Georgetown. Give us something fun. A couple predictions. Ooh. Um, I mean, I guess I'll go with the, um, the Patino to St. John's thing. seems like that has legs and they're kind of just waiting until I is eliminated to announce it. I will go ahead and, and torch any relationship I've ever had with the Providence fans and say, Ed Cooley takes Georgetown uh, and, and stuns the people and, and actually makes that jump. I have no idea who ends up at Providence in that case, but uh, I'm excited about it. I saw a report of maybe Matt Langle potentially at Temple today, the Colgate coach. I'd love to see that one. Uh, I think that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. But the Cooley to Georgetown thing would just be crazy because Providence fans are so resolute that he will never leave, and I, I kind of want to see them cope with that. If Cooley goes to Georgetown, does Shrewsbury go to Notre Dame? Yes, I, I've heard. I, that, hope, I hope. Oh my God, him in Notre Dame would be so awesome. I, oh yeah, God. I think he's brilliant. I think he can succeed wherever he wants to go. I'm, I'm a big fan of Shrewsbury. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Jim Root, he's the best. Andrew said it. Catch him on Three Man Weave, part of the the 68. He's on Sirius XM Radio. The man is him and Robbie Hummel, the two busiest mans in college basketball. We've had him <laughs> on in back to back weeks. Jim, we appreciate your time and uh, good luck to your Tigers in your bracket. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this bracket breakdown episode with Jimothy Root. It was an exciting episode. It was a fun episode. It's March. We're going to be together in Columbus. If you see us in Columbus, come up and get a picture with Joey. I'll even take the picture with you and Joey, and I'll act like Ant-Man in Endgame. If you get that, you're a true fan. Shout out to... uh, Kent State, who we are both on board with, which means you should be taking Indiana. That's right. That's right, man. Uh, always fun talking hoops. It's the best time of the year. You just said Ant-Man. I'm literally live sweating an Anthony Edwards prop right now, right when you said Ant-Man. So hopefully that's a good sign. Um, this was fun. No bracket challenge from Drive the Lane this year. I think mostly because we are so consumed with bracket challenges that we don't want other people to feel the same way like, shut up we don't need another bracket challenge so 
fill out your brackets. Remember, it's always a sin to fill out more than one, but you should do it anyway. And um, first maybe, year ever, I'm only doing one for what it's worth. Yeah, I I envy you. I'll probably end up doing. I'll, I'll probably end up doing two. So, not that crazy. And two different winners, which is the worst. I'm the worst kind of person. Hate that. What do you, and, What do you think? What do you think about a, a buckle up, drive the lane, go golden flashes? I'm in for that. Honestly, <laughs> I'm in for that. did that get you excited right there? <laughs> yeah. When do they play? Let me look. Because um, if they play Thursday, I have to put that put that in before I leave. <laughs> I'm just saying. They play Friday at 9 p.m. Yes! <laughs> Let's go. We'll be together. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's unbelievable. The Ooh. only game we care about. All right. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Golden Flashes. Beat the Hoosiers. Blacking out early. That's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays, no one not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gonna linger in your mind. Always told me good things, welcome to those who are patient. But I've been way too patient, riding bars in my basement. I'm anxious in the real world, it's time for me to say this. The basics, the in my mind, I can't waste it. My life is too safe. It's my time for it's taking. I'm baking my mind every day. It's the same ish. Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift. Coming from the underground and busting through the pavement. Rock with it and lean with it. My team win it. My team win it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team. Cause oh yeah, that is so raving, racing and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me. Not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle. When you hear the bell, you better be ready to rumble. Because I'ma grab the gloves and I'm gonna flex my muscles. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble. Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right up bumble. And your girl, but she only calls you uncle But no, we not related, homie No, we not some fam You never get in clubs You can't even get in sand You never get in dubs Like the Browns from the land When push comes to shove Wave that towel in your